Hey everybody, I'm Ezra Schroeder and this is my new podcast I'm just starting up and I'm so excited that anyone, if anyone's listening to this, I'm so excited and the things I'm going to cover in this podcast are going to be sports and pop culture, I'm going to focus mainly on TV shows and music, and of course sports, sports is the main thing, Um, and so today I'm mostly going to talk about sports, I want to talk about the NBA, the matchups what my predictions are, where we're at, and the NFL suspensions and the NFL draft. So um, let's just get right into it. I'm very excited. I don't know if that comes across or not, but I wanted to start and dive in on the Celtics, who are my favorite basketball team. So there might be a little bias. I don't really think I am that biased. I think I'm pretty good at keeping everything objective. Um, But the Celtics lead 2-1 to one against the Hawks in this series, and I'm not worried. Obviously, I don't think most people are worried, but Game 3 was pretty disappointing. It's They laid an egg, which we've seen them do all throughout the season. They did it against Orlando at the very beginning of the year a couple times, and they've just done it the entire year, and it's really frustrating. And I think that the Celtics have all the pieces to win a title this year. They have the star player. They have the number two player. They have a bunch of great role players who can step up and deliver in big moments, but they just continue to fall apart sometimes, just like they did in Game 3, like they did at the end of Game 1. And it's super frustrating because I think it's the only thing holding them back. But I still feel very optimistic about the Celtics' chances, and so I'm not too worried. And we can get into the later matchups later on because the Hawks matchup, it should be a an easy series for them. They should win in five. And I shouldn't have to worry about this. But the Hawks, I do have a lot of worries about. What do the Hawks do moving forward? Because we've had a few years of this Trey Young experience, and I think that we can all agree it hasn't worked. I was never a believer, but lots of people weren't believers because there was not a lot to believe in. You know, he's, he's small. He hasn't really improved on his three. He's a bad defender, and he just requires the ball so much. Trey Young... Like, a Trey Young-led team, I don't think could ever really win games. And it's sad. You know, they made an Eastern Conference Finals. It's great. But what do the Hawks do? Do they completely retool? Do they trade Trey Young away? I'm hearing a lot of that. But I don't know if that's the best move either. Because what are you going to get for Trey Young? Like, best case scenario, I'm hearing lots of Bradley Beal. But, like, what is that? You're just recycling, you know, you're not going anywhere. I think the answer is you need to try and develop Trey Young and try and teach him some better stats that will help him moving forward. You know, better, it's not stats, sorry, attributes, you know. And I think that the struggle is, can he transform his game? Because he does need to transform his game if he wants to be a viable NBA player. Because, yes, he is, you know, one of the 30, 40 most talented players in the league, but he is not helpful. And I was kind of, I was talking to someone and I was saying, yeah, I'd rather have Derek White and even, you know, Marcus Smart's not playing well, but I'd still rather have the two of them than Trey Young. And they're like, you know, they don't agree with me at all. But it's just, if you really think about what you need for a basketball team, Trey Young is not it and he never will be it. It's not going to be a strategy that works out. He And they need to either develop him or move on, but I don't think they'll get enough value, so I think moving on is the correct answer. Um, and then, so 
The Sixers just swept the Nets. The Nets have now lost 10 straight playoff games. Obviously, they're doing whatever they're doing. There's not a ton to talk about there. But the Sixers are super interesting. Will Embiid be ready? It sounds like he will be. But will he be effective against the Celtics? I kind of think that the Celtics have this series pretty, like, they're going to dominate. Is That's how I feel about it. Yes, I think most of the games will be close. But I love the Celtics matchups throughout. Their front court matchup, I think Harden's going to really struggle. I don't think they can contain the Celtics' wings. And I, I think the Celtics will win. They should win in, like, five. My concern is, of course, that they're just going to have a couple games where they don't show up. And, you know, it's frustrating. But I like the Celtics' chances against the Sixers. And for them to have an easy, relatively easy path to the Eastern Conference Finals. So let's look at the other side of the Eastern Conference, and let's talk about the Bucks Heat series. What's happening with Giannis? And is Giannis going to be healthy enough for the Bucks to make a title run here? Because that's what it comes down to. The Bucks shouldn't have to worry about the Heat, and I don't even think they should have to worry about what's presumably the Knicks or Cavs, you know, probably the Knicks, but um, can they compete at a high level? Will Giannis be there to participate because this is now you know looking at Giannis's last five years he in my mind he should be a three-time MVP over these last five years and um it it's gonna come produce one title it looks like which you know you, you can't complain about one title but it's a very lucky title and I think we would look at everything you know without a title the way we looked at Giannis would be completely different and we'd be like oh he's one of the best players to never win a title. He obviously got that title. Um, but is when does it start to become he only has one title? Is it after this year? Because they were the presumptive title favorites all last season. Then Middleton comes out, and so they're not the title favorites anymore. And we gave them lots of excuses for you know taking the Celtics to Game 7 and not really competing in that Game 7, but taking them to 7, but losing... And now this year, let's say Giannis, obviously another injury thing, and Giannis can't compete on a high level, do we start talking about the Bucks in that sort of way? Do we start talking about Giannis and, oh, he only has one title, you know? Um, but the Bucks still could, you know, go on this run if Giannis is healthy. And so it's just this huge question mark looming over the playoffs right now. And I just feel like I haven't heard that much information on what's happening. I do think Giannis is going to play, to be clear. It's just, is he going to be healthy and effective? Obviously, he's going to be effective on some level, but is he going to be 50% himself, 80% himself, or is he going to be that full menacing Giannis player that the Bucks need to go on a championship run again? Um, and the East, you know, I feel like it's pretty obvious in my mind that it's going to be Celtics-Bucks in the Eastern Conference Final, but the West is so wide open. So pre-playoffs, I had the Warriors and the Nuggets coming out of the two sections of the West and playing in the Western Conference Finals. But, you know, I heard tons of Suns picks, some Clippers picks, Lakers, you know, even a little bit Memphis. I saw some people picking Sacramento. So seven of the eight teams, I feel like people were, you know, talking about as these, you know, teams that could make runs in the Western Conference, which is super fun, and I can't remember a Western Conference or a you know conference in any sport that was so wide open i'm not a hockey fan i know that that's always wide open but 
especially for the NBA when it always feels like there's only a couple teams. This is just so exciting. And, you know, Denver looks like they're going to roll over the Wolves. They, they aren't, like, destroying them, but they feel like they're comfortably winning every game, and that's important. And even if Jokic has a down game like he did, it seems like they're still rolling. And I do actually really like Denver's matchup. I know people are thinking, oh, regular season, regular season team, whatever. But I think Denver has a real chance here because I just think Jokic is a transcendent player. And he's, yeah, I'm going to say I think he's underrated. And I think, you know, he doesn't have this great supporting cast around him, but I think there's enough for them to really get through in the West. And uh, they're it, presumably they're playing the Suns, who have now won three of four. But the concern is for the Suns that they just don't have any depth. They trade away their depth for KD, which I think you do, but now they are reliant on them to play so many minutes. And it's lucky that it looks like they're going to win this series in five games because they aren't putting that much wear and tear. But how much wear and tear can they put on their body? And how how effective can they be series after series if they're super tired with, like, I think Booker and Durant can be effective the whole series, but Aiden already isn't consistently effective and how does Chris Paul wear through the playoffs and so I'm concerned about the Suns long-term chances um and I think that the Nuggets have all the pieces to get through and I think especially when we're talking about these players who are gonna have to play 30 plus 40 you know presumably 40 or more minutes every single game if they want to really hang in the series you know they're going into Denver four times Denver's at an altitude how is that going to affect things? I really like Denver's matchup there. Um, and so I I think Denver has this run that no one's talking about. People are just dismissing them. And I really think you're going to see that this is a really good Denver basketball team. But more importantly, how good Jokic is. And, you know, I think a lot of this East Coast sort of bias. No one really talks about him. Everyone talks about Embiid, Jokic. But he is special and people will finally get to see that as he makes this presumable run that I really think that they're going to make. Um, and then on the other side, well, I guess I should just address how disappointing of a season for the Clippers. You know, they don't play Paul George in quite that much because presumably they're going to be ready to go in the playoffs. And now they need, you know, Paul George hasn't played in any of the four games. Kawhi hasn't played in game three or game four. Like, th this is just a disaster, you know. It really is not being looked at it as... A, much of a disaster as it is because you traded away SGA and all this other stuff and what did you get you got nothing have you have they made a conference finals I'm they haven't done anything of note and I don't think they made a conference finals and that's incredibly just disappointing especially when you look at what Kawhi did with Toronto in just one year he's been a clipper for now four years and he hasn't produced anything to that level and I just don't think that people are talking about it as like this great sort of disaster because, you know, it's it doesn't look like a bad trade at the time. And I think that you can like I'm not going to make the argument that they shouldn't have done the trade because of the potential there. But it's going to be a big splotch on Kawhi's legacy where it should be and not in the same vein, but in a similar vein to KD in uh, Brooklyn. And I think that's really interesting and not being talked about. So the. More interesting series happening right now, I believe, are the Warriors-Kings series. Can the Warriors figure it out, or is this sort of the end of their dynasty? They've had, you know, 
we've already sort of seen the end and then the comeback up of their dynasty or mini dynasty. And is this the real, real end? And I'm going to say no. I like the Warriors' chances. They looked great in Game 3. They looked total fuck you attitude after what Draymond did, which he, of course, should have, you know, he should get a I don't know if he should get suspension, but he should have got ejected, and that felt like suspension was harsh. I'm not pro-suspension, especially in the NBA. It just doesn't feel like the right move for the league. But the Warriors really felt like they got fucked over, and you could tell that, and I just think that that's going to translate over. In fact, my prediction is it's a sweep here. I, I think the Warriors win 3, 4, 5, or 5, yeah, 3, 4, 5, 6, excuse me, and roll through. And I, I'm not trying to dismiss the Kings because I assume that all these games are being close. But I, I'm, I've am i been, you know, on the Warriors bandwagon since before they won their first title. And I'm, you know, when I see it, I see it. And I just don't see it with the Kings. But I, and, you know, I don't, I haven't seen it all year with the Warriors, but I've seen it before. And I think that this is the turning point. I think that in the end, the Draymond thing might end up helping them out. Because um, they also looked, you know, pretty good with some of the lineups without them. Obviously, they've struggled on the road, and that's a tough environment. But trust me, I think there's, I think that the path is there for the Warriors. And then the most interesting series, especially after Dylan Brooks' comments, is the Grizz Lakers. And watch Jaws Health looking like. I'm recording this before Game Three tonight. I haven't really checked in on that. You know, can LeBron and AD make a run here? It's super interesting, and I'm really excited for this Game Three, and I'm excited for the series because. I don't know what's going to happen here. You know, I don't really know what's going to happen in this Cavs-Knicks series. I sort of think that the Knicks have it, which I did not expect. But I don't really think it matters because I assume they're going to get rolled in the next round. But this Lakers-Grizzlies series, both can make deep runs. Both, you know, this section of the West feels a lot more wide open to me. And, you know, it's going to come down to a tough series. And I guess my question is, can LeBron and AD hold up? Can they play big minutes in multiple series? And I really think that I like their matchup against the Grizzlies. And so I, I think Lakers in seven, but I think it's going to be back and forth, back and forth. People are going to overreact to every single game, and we're just going to see it go back and forth. But I like, I like the Lakers in game three tonight. I like LeBron to go off for big. But more importantly, I like the Lakers to win the series. Um, and then out of Lakers-Warriors, you know, I, I still think I'm going... I'm sticking with my picks, right? I'm still picking the Warriors. There's nothing I've seen that has dramatically shifted any of my opinions. So then, pre-season, pre I picked the Bucks over Nuggets. And at the beginning of the playoffs, I also picked that. But my concern here is, what is happening in Milwaukee? Is Giannis going to be 100%? I know I talked about that. I don't want to harp on it. But... I do am sort of leaning towards maybe a Celtics run, and I don't, I just don't like to say it, because last year, there was no point where I felt, oh, wow, you know, we're just definitely going to win it, even though I did think we were the best team, I knew we were going to blow it, that's how I felt, and I feel like they're going to do it again this year, um, but right now, if I had to, like, just bet on what team has put it all together the most, it might be the Celtics, and that's, that's an exciting and scary thought, um, and so this is just my NBA opinions. You know, I am not trying to go super in-depth into, you know, matchups right now. 
like you know individual player matches i just want to give you my overview thoughts because you don't you don't know me and this is you know my first podcast and i don't really know what i'm completely saying but i want to you to see my perspective on things so you'll know going forward and then i can get more in depth in the future so let's just jump into a couple more in depth football things football is my main sport my my true love i love football so much and so i want to talk about the the gambling system because my first I'll, I'll walk you through my reaction my first reaction when i saw it was okay i saw jameson williams and then i saw lions and commanders players and i was like okay i'm a commanders fan so i need to go see who it was shaka tony you know i like him but he's sort of fallen by the wayside a little bit and it's not it's not affecting my season really which was the first important thing but i saw People getting suspended for six games. I'm like, any sort of gambling on the NFL should be at least a year suspension. I just don't, you know, you can't, it's a slippery, slippery slope, and you can't give any leeway. Um, And I think I said that somewhere. I was like, wow, this seems like not that harsh of a punishment. Six games for gambling on the NFL. Then it comes out that it's not gambling on the NFL. And so six games fair for betting in NFL facilities on college football games. And it doesn't matter if it's college football or if it was NBA or, you know, Formula One. Um, And I am of two minds here because it seems harsh to me. It seems harsh. Six games for just betting and, like, they just just turned on a VPN, right? But also, you don't, if you're the NFL, you don't want people gambling in your facility so maybe harsh is the right way to go so i am my official stance is seems harsh but i understand okay um but here's the thing that i felt was harder than the 16 suspension the you know if you're jameson williams you get announced five players suspended for gambling on football right or gambling whatever and jameson williams all over the headline what he did is not what you know, Shaq Tony and those other guys did. It's not what Calvin Ridley did. He just, you know, he was dumb and gambled in the wrong place. He wasn't gambling on his own sport. If you gamble on your own sport, that is a whole nother level. That, like, to me, that is crossing a huge line. You know, you get a one-year suspension for the first time, and I think if there's a second time, you should be banned forever because that is a huge, huge line cross, in my opinion. And I very much... Something you'll learn about me is I very much care about the integrity of the game. Um, and so then I saw another report, Lions are dismissing coaches. And I haven't, I haven't gotten the chance to dig into this that much. But my question is, is this a gambling issue that's like all across the NFL? Which I wouldn't be surprised about at all because, you know, gambling is so mainstream right now. But is this like a Lions-centric thing? Or are they just the dumb ones and they got caught? Is everyone doing this? Because that is a bad look by the Lions organization. And everyone is hyping up the Lions so much. And then it comes out with this bad, bad look, guys. Um, and so that's my thoughts on this. I, you know, I, And then I want to talk about the NFL draft. And I'm going to be honest. This has not been a year I've super doved into the NFL draft. In past years, I've been like, you know, a week out from the draft. I'm probably looking at like, late flyers in the second round, early third round, like, ah, I like to know people who are getting drafted on day one and day two. Uh, The last two years, I just have found my life been a little bit more busy and haven't had as much time to focus on that stuff. So 
I definitely am not on as on top of my draft stuff as I have in the past. But the thing I have to say is I don't understand the CJ Stroud stuff. And I don't understand the quarterback stuff in general. I have, you know, thought about this a lot and changed my opinion over the years. But when you're drafting in the top 10, your only goal should be to draft a quarterback you can win the Super Bowl with. And everything I'm hearing, and I'm not claiming to watch tape or have like a real super big opinion on how good CJ Stroud is going to be, but I feel like everyone's saying, oh, he's going to be like Derek Carr or something. And so why are you drafting him in, as the second overall pick or in the top five or even in the top 10? Like, what is your goal here? Your goal is to draft Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, you know? And maybe that's like two, you know, two over the top, but that's what you need if you're going to win in the league, right? Average quarterbacks don't win the Super Bowls. That's so rare. You want to draft an all-timer because that's, that's what, that's what you need to win in the NFL. And so if all if CJ Stroud is just going to be a above average, you know, good starting quarterback then what what are you doing? Why are you drafting him? Because Will Levis apparently has lots of upside. Anthony Richardson has, you know, incredible upside. I want to draft for upside. Bryce Young makes sense to me as the first pick. But why is CJ Stroud going to if they think that the talent is only going to reach this certain level. It doesn't make sense to me. There's lots of things about the draft that never fully made sense to me. And I just, I think it's something to point out because I just think sometimes it's, oh, everyone's saying this, that's what we should do. And if, to be clear, if you think that CJ Stroud is this, you know, could be an all-time top five, top 10 quarterback in the NFL, then it's a different story. But it's just not what I'm hearing. And so I'm confused why he would go second overall. And the other thing I want to dra- talk about about the draft is why why is this year, like, the quarterbacks always rise, you know? But right now I feel like Will Levis, I feel like Anthony Richardson, I feel like even C.J. Stroud are all falling. You know, there's reports that the Texans might not even pick a quarterback at two. And that really gives me a lot of worries because we always have the quarterbacks go, you know, push up, push up, push up. So if they're all dropping, then there clearly must be large flaws that they see in them. And I would be an advocate for the commanders to draft a quarterback if he's there at 16, because that's all that matters. You need a quarterback. But I guess how I'm feeling, you know, I feel like everyone's like, you know, after last year, this year's going to be the quarterback class. But it feels like it's next year now. And this year might be a punt. There might not be anyone special because, yeah, unless it's Bryce Young, and Bryce Young obviously has his size issues. So those are just my, you know, sort of large picture thoughts about the NFL draft. It's, you know, less than a week away, which is super exciting because I love the NFL draft. I'm only going to be like really diving in this week, which is a little sad, but I'm really, I'm really excited. And so just to wrap this up, you know, this was only sports, but I said I would talk about pop culture and music and stuff as well. So I wanted to talk about Succession and just like in a, you know, a couple rushed thoughts about it. I am a huge Succession fan. I've been watching it since season one. And I have to say, is it the greatest show ever? Is it going to be my greatest show ever? And I'm leaning towards yes. You know, they still have to stick the landing, but the writing is the greatest I've ever experienced. The acting is 
probably the greatest I've ever experienced. And the storytelling is really, really good. And it's so funny. And so I would just say, I'd, I'd deposit this theory that I think when, you know, it's super hyperbolic to say this in the moment, but I think when we look back on it, let's say five years from now and people are giving their rankings, I would not be surprised if Succession starts landing at that number one spot. And I think that's really exciting because I'm not sure that people really ever thought that we'd get another show after Game of Thrones like that. And I was too young to fully experience the Game of Thrones phenomenon. I only got in at the very end and, you know, it fell apart. So it doesn't end up as a top all-time show. So I've, I've not been a part of any of these runs to see all the, these all-time shows. And I've gone back and I've watched some of them. Not as many as I'd like to and I want to get to them. But it's exciting for me to be a part of one of these great, great all-time TV shows. And I think it has a chance to be number one because I think that the flaws are less than any of the other ones. And the, the peaks are, are up there with anything. And I think, you know, that season four, episode three really cemented it. And then last, I just wanted to address a little bit of music. Um, so I just, like, I'm really into rap, hip-hop, a lot of trap music, like really modern day music. And then I like I like pop and R&B a lot. And I will listen to anything if it's good enough. I have a huge playlist where I just put all my favorite songs and I listen to that all the time. And it's a really good way for me to listen to music personally. Um, so I just figured I would kind of give you like the couple songs that I am really, really enjoying right now. And I think I sort of will end every, every podcast or show that I do talking about a couple of my just tip-top favorite songs at the moment. Um, and so the one that I have been listening to all year, it's my most played song of the year, I've just been loving it so much, and it's not going to be, you know, this obscure pick, but it's Niagara Falls, uh, I think it's Niagara Falls, Footer 2, Metro Boomin, off his Heroes and Villains album with Travis Scott and 21 Savage. That song has been incredible all year long. I've been bumping it. And so that is the song I just want to end it off with today. I'll, I'll probably talk about a ton of songs in the future. I have lots of, I think, sort of obscure, like, just not obscure, but weird taste in music. And I figured it would be just fun to share. And I'd love to hear what other people's favorite music, if anyone ever listens to this, what their favorite music would be, because I'm always interested to find new music. And I'm not like, I don't have the best ways to find new music unless it's just coming out, in my opinion. And so if you have, you know, maybe drop your favorite song that you're listening to right now down below or share it with me somehow, and that would be really fun. And so if anyone listens to this, if anyone gets to the end of this, thank you so much. And I will be bringing more of these. I know it wasn't, you know, the best thing ever, but I'm hopefully going to get better out of this. This is my first attempt. It was you know, almost 30 minutes long of me talking. I want to bring in other people because obviously I don't, you know, I kind of trip over my words a little bit, especially if it's just me talking by myself. And so thank you guys so much.